Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. everybody to episode number 20 of the unprofessional wrestling podcast i am leo with my co-host cody and today we are very excited to bring you this episode which will feature beast also known as regular name as wes logan he is co-founder co-owner of versus pro wrestling he is also lead singer in the band Death in Motion, Dim. They have a new single out called Grip. So give that a look. It's on, on Google Play. It's on um, Spotify. It's on Apple. Um, I'm pretty sure it's on Apple. I guess you can confirm that, uh, Cody. But um, Yeah, it we're, is. We're very excited to, to, to have him on. Uh, the interview it's our first skype interview that we've done and uh i do a lot of the talking cody was just in awe so he just he just listened and held it down that way for the most part yeah i did but uh don't mind his heavy breathing here at the beginning um he had his output coming out of the speakers so you could hear you could hear a lot of that maybe the first five to ten minutes um wes is his story and all of that sounds really good, so stick with it. Um, if you guys listen to Keeping It 100 with Conan, uh, last week's episode um, kind of talked about the Vegas wrestling scene, kind of gave their take on it. Well, Wes is on to give his take on it, you know, clear up some of the stuff, um, some of the stuff that, that might have been said that is either untrue or just one part. And so that stuff's very interesting. Um, by no no way are, are we or is he trying to bury anyone or bad talk anyone. He's just spitting facts. And so uh, we appreciate that. You know, when we first set up this interview with him, this wasn't even on the radar. You know, we wanted yeah. it to just kind of bs and talk wrestling and and stuff like that uh we had some fun questions for him that we'll just have to ask on a later date but i could tell and i don't know if you could tell cody that this was really important for him to to get out there and get off his chest and just be real oh yeah for sure for sure and so i am very happy and i'm very uh honored that we were able to give him that avenue yes and so we won't, you know, talk much more about it. We'll get into the wrestling landscape as as it goes Friday um, with our episode that day. So if yeah, you guys see, have questions, go ahead. We're going to get double the Unpro WrestlePod this week. I know. And I know everybody's fucking excited. <laughs> I, they can hardly, I mean, can you hear the crowd? They're fucking popping out of their chairs. 
It's like a golden rooster fucking show. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't even start with him. <laughs> so uh, we're not going to have the golden minute this week. It's all going to be Wes. <laughs> it's all going to be Beast. It's all going to be him. And so uh, we are hoping to have him on again sometime. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. And- we're going to keep that that line of communication open. Wes is too cool of a dude not to bring back on the show. So thank you, Wes. Yeah. And he's got a lot of things. I think he's he's really uh, how do I say it? Um, encouraged. He's really he's got his head in the right place right now. And I feel like with his music, with his wrestling, um, he's going to finish out 2019 strong. And I think there's going to be a lot of great things in his future for 2020. So follow him on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, we will put the links on our page. Um, and for a little background, listen to the Brendan and Kevin show on their podcast. Beast was on there. Uh, Wes Logan was on there before. And they talked a lot more about his band, Death in Motion, and where we talk a little bit more about the wrestling. But uh, definitely a good listen. Um, a little bit lighter than what he did with them. So please give that a listen as well and and, uh, support this guy. Yeah. And thank you, Brendan and Kevin, for putting us in contact with Beast a while, not a while back, but a little bit ago to uh, get this conversation started. And it just took us a minute to get everything in line. So, yeah, thanks to the Brendan and Kevin, big supporters of theirs. They're a big supporter of ours. So. Yep. So this interview is is raw. It's gritty. It's uncut. It's unprofessional. It's um, fucking uncensored. <laughs> we we will uh, we will get better the next time it goes around. We'll all have headsets. Uh, we'll try to get rid of some of that echo. But Beast himself, the star of the show this week, he sounds great. He sounds amazing. He's got a good story to tell. So give it a listen. Please let us know thoughts, feedback, um, what you would like to hear in the future from him. Uh, And if you have questions on how to contact him, uh, let us know as well. Thank you. Thanks. Welcome, everybody. This week on the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, we have a very special guest. His name is Beast, a.k.a. Beast the Butcher. Real name, Wes Logan. He is the lead singer for the band Death in Motion. He is also a wrestler, co-founder, and co-owner of Versus Pro Wrestling out of Vegas. So welcome, Wes. How's it going? I appreciate you guys having me on. That's awesome. Thank you so much for asking me. Thanks for coming on. Of course, of course. So one thing, uh, Beast, uh, Wes... Wes. I'll call you Wes. So, Cody first showed me. He he's like, "Hey, this is the guy we, uh, Brandon, and Kevin are gonna have on." And he showed me a picture of you in your full beast getup, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, that dude looks scary as shit." <laughs> and then we started looking you up. Like there was a video, the one video I could find on YouTube. I was like, "Man, he looks. He reminds me of uh, like Jeepers Creepers. Like you know that with your mask on and everything." And uh, and then we heard you 
on their podcast. I was like, oh, that's that's a cool ass dude. Like you would never get it just from your get up and from what we've seen on YouTube from you, and then from your music too, because your music's like you know really heavy and stuff like that. And I listened to a lot of it as well, including your new single Grip. And uh, my favorite one that that I heard was that Diaz de los Muertos. Um, but for those for those unaware of of East of West, he has a band Death in Motion. Um, so where did all this come about? Well, uh, Dim started roughly in two thousand six. Um, we weren't as elaborate as we as we are now. Uh, we were kind of just cutting our teeth trying to see how that works, um, and then. Slowly but surely, things started developing in the more theatric, um, heavy metal, uh, up type thing, and it kind of reflects towards our music after shortly after that. Um, so that's where everything with Dim started, um, and then slowly, um, I got integrated into wrestling in 2010. Um, little backstory with me personally i've been a wrestling fan since i was two ever uh, i was at like i guess you can call it a training facility when i was in high school like i think i was like 16 when i jumped into a wrestling ring for the first time um the trainer wasn't great so i left uh it wasn't a situation of uh college uh it was more of a situation of it being in a garage being extremely hot and there was only his like daughter that was training. so it was like it didn't really seem like I was benefiting at all um and then after I we were a part of Dem uh for about four years before somebody reached out to me that has been like a bodyguard for a couple of the clubs that we played for said that he's gonna start wrestling training and he wanted me to come down so we could like utilize Dem as a as like a, a a showcase there like they'll have a wrestling event and then would play during like the intermission or at the end of the show so i thought it was a pretty cool concept i always liked the music and wrestling type thing uh put together yeah. so i i went down to the future stars of wrestling one year anniversary i believe it was and met up with joe defalco and michael modest and i believe that uh that's where things kind of kind of branched off to where I had a really cool conversation with Mike Modest and the Godfather at the time. Mike was looking at me he's like, you're a pretty stocky guy. You ever thought about training? I was like, I did for a short period of time. It didn't really work out. Uh, so I wouldn't be against doing it again. He's like, well, just come down. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get you rolling around. So, hold on. Sorry, I'm being yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after that, I was, um, I, I, I was on my way to Arizona for WrestleMania with my brother and I yes. told him what was going on with Mike and he's like, dude, if you don't do this, you're kind of cheating yourself. You've been wanting to do this since you were two years old. I don't know why you would even think about it. Just go, if I can do it. So went to my first training with Michael Monis and like ever since then, it was kind of like I got the bug and wanted to be back in the fold and be a pro wrestler since I kind of dropped that dream when I was like <laughs> starting high school. I was like, Oh, I got to be responsible. I got to do this. Got to do that. No, man, fuck that. Do what you want to do. 
no matter what the cause is, no matter what the situation, if that's what you want to do, go and fucking go for it. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that sounds great. So, so you started again in 2010. That's when you, when you talked with, um, uh, with Mike Modest and, and Joe DeFalco and Godfather. Is that when you introduced the beast character into wrestling? No, actually, uh, I was going by the name of Alan Spitfire for like two or three months. Um, the funny thing is the house that I'm moving into right now, I was actually moving into the house the, the same week that Joe told me that he wanted me to be, wanted me in my first match. And I was like, wow, um, I don't think I'm ready. He was like, no, you're ready. Go in, uh, you're going to be fighting modest in a tag team match. I was like, oh shit. So I'm going to my ass beat by my trainer. This is fucking amazing. So, uh, <laughs> had my first Got beat up pretty good, um, and ever since then, it was like no turning back. But it was a couple months later that Joe came to me. He's like, hey, man, uh, uh, we're going to be doing this student showcase uh, for the this, this uh, Silver Nugget event. So do you want to be a part of it? And I was like, eh, no. And he looked at me kind of funny, and I know that the answer that I said to him was wrong. <laughs> Of course, I want to be a part of the student the, that student showcase. Um, I didn't want to be it as Alan Spitfire because I didn't think that was going to sell any tickets. That didn't make any sense to me. So I apologized to Joe later, like about a week later. I was like, hey, man, I didn't mean to disrespect and I didn't mean to say it the wrong way. I do want to be a part of that showcase. I don't want to do it as this person. Um, I have this character that I utilize for the band you know about it. You brought it to FSW. Uh, why don't we just use that? Okay, I guess we can do that. So, uh, yeah, the first time I was beast, definitely put some asses in the seats, kept them coming. Um, Joe kind of took heed to that. Mm -hmm. And the second match that I had at FSW as beast was actually in the main event. So, like, it, it does placate to the fact that sometimes it does take a character to build that personality and yeah. get the fans interested. So I like got to say a hundred percent thanks to Joe for giving me the opportunity to utilize that character that I've already developed into my wrestling field as well. So does that make it easier? Like I'm a very anxious person. Uh, I don't do well in front of crowds and you know, you wearing a mask, dying this character. Um, you're able to hide, well, not hide, but the focus isn't on Wes. It's on Beast, right? Um, no, your your verbiage is actually 100% correct. It is hiding, and that's exactly what I utilized it for. Not saying that I wasn't comfortable being myself. Um, I think I'm a little bit more comfortable being myself now, and I'll get into that a little bit later as well. But that mask as corny and as lame as it sounds, it does turn you into a whole different person. And if you notice, like me talking to you guys now and watching my matches, it is a, it is a completely different person. I'm not that mean. I'm not that aggressive. I'm not that violent. Um, but there is that part of us that we have to kind of bring out. And I think that mask kind of helped me do that. Yeah. No, I mean, like I, I told you, when, when when Cody first showed me, he's like, hey, this is a guy they're going to have. And I was like, holy fuck, that, that dude looks like he'll kill somebody. And then we heard you talk, and it's like, man, it's, it's a totally different person. 
Yeah, and then you pair that with the music. And like I said the other day, if those highlight videos that you sent us don't get you fucking pumped for some pro wrestling and some heavy metal, then I don't know what will. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that that was crazy. So we we heard your your interview, of course, with Brendan Kevin. They're the ones that introduced us to you, but they didn't touch on like the wrestling as much as we want to. They they focused a lot on on your band, um, which it sounds like you guys are getting ready to release a couple more singles and maybe put something else out there, right? Yeah, I actually go to do my next set of vocals for this song called "Giving Away Days" next week. Um, that's going to be our next single. That's actually one of the most powerful songs that we've done has a lot to do with suicide awareness and past, uh, situations that we've unfortunately been thrust upon. So, uh, yeah, um, I think that's going to be the one that is going to hit a little bit closer to home. And then the rest of the songs that we have in the chamber are pretty freaking violent. So, um, kind of excited to jump on those after, after giving away days is done. So have you thought about, uh, you did mention on on that podcast with Brendan and Kevin that you thought about doing some um, uh, acoustics? Have have you guys done that? Because so some of your vocals, when you guys aren't doing the, I, I'm sorry, I don't know, uh, better verbiage, but like the, the screamo type, you know, that where it gets real deep and stuff like that, like your actual right. lyrics when when you're singing into the songs, like they sound really good, and so I was wondering. I was like, "Has he given any more thought into doing acoustics?" Yeah, actually, um, and it's not only just because of preserving my voice and wanting to showcase that as well. Um, there's just a, a a different beauty to music that is just broken down to the rarest form and projected that way. Um, I've very been of always been interested in acoustic songs um it's just getting a little bit more um i guess accessible for us now um we we kind of try to portray ourselves as these as these hard asses but we're not <laughs> we're really kind of like laid back chill uh, dad bod motherfuckers that we really <laughs> showcase that we can do more than just scream and yell at people like this is something that we want to be involved with long term and we have a little bit more to um to offer than just heavy music and we kind of showcase that on a couple of the songs on each album but i think once we start transferring some things acoustically and start breaking down those lyrics to where you can actually um understand the feeling behind them rather than the aggression behind them um i think people are going to start looking at us a little differently um not trying to like break any mold or anything we just want to we just want to showcase our talents and i think that's the best way to do it no yeah and and the reason i bring it up is because you know with with the lyrics with the songs i did listen to um you know they, they sound really good there was another one i don't have the title of it right now uh, i wrote it down but I, I unfortunately didn't bring those notes with me but it, it gets pretty deep and then it goes into the the heavy stuff right and right. so not that it's losing anything, or it, it definitely sounds good, but I, I was interested if there is acoustic, like, more of where we can understand everything you're saying through the whole song, you know what I mean? Like, don't lose that yeah. feeling and stuff like that. Um, Giving Away Days is definitely going to be one of those songs where it's it's mainly clean vocals. Uh, we have very, very uh, limited screams in that song altogether. 
that's another song that we've broken down acoustically that I'm very excited to project to everybody. I think it's something that everybody needs to hear, kind of understand uh, where it's coming from, because I think everybody's dealt with loss, especially recently with it being such in our face of uh, suicide awareness. It's just rough having friends and family that have been going through such depression issues um, to where they feel they don't want to be here anymore. And I think giving away days kind of gives that that call and response on situations of that nature. Yeah, it's crazy. I think that's something that impacts everybody, you know, especially now with, with social media, like you're touched. It, it might not be by someone you directly know, but someone you are connected with. And um, uh, there's, there's definitely been more of a, a focus on it lately, like both in, in media and everything like that. But, you know, uh, where we're, talking about wrestling like that's a that's a big deal there's there's a lot of suicide there's a lot of uh i guess short lives in wrestling absolutely it's scary it's scary Mm -hmm. how something that originally gave you such um such positive moments and love could easily 180 you in the other direction it 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 it, it hurts uh, to see so many people lose their lives over even depression or um, just not wanting to be here anymore. And I, I think that if there's more of a focus on that, people can start recognizing the signs, even though it's hard to do so. Um, but I, I, I really pride not only myself, but versus as a company and wanting to reach out to youth and um make sure that if they have those feelings that they have the avenues to reach out and make sure that there's somebody there that can take care of them. Right. So getting back to inspiration and pro wrestling, you said you've been like basically having this dream since you were two years old to be a professional wrestler. You'd stepped in and out there for a little bit, but who by far has been your biggest inspiration in that? Like, where do you draw your inspiration from? Um, purely for character-based or just... Yeah, character, and then just, like, what's your... What was the... What was the... What made you want to say, I'm going to do this shit? Yeah, exactly. Well, I've always wanted to do it. Um, I didn't think that we had all the avenues that we had in Vegas to do so, and with me having a um, a family that wasn't as financially flourishing as most, um, I didn't have the avenues to go anywhere else to do so. Um, I didn't even start driving until I was 21 years old. So um, let alone try to go somewhere else to find a wrestling school. So when um, the opportunity was there and I had the opportunity to use the money that I was making to do so, I went to my first school that I thought that I was going to, you know, do something with. And FSW was that place. But um, inspiration wise, um, as far as my character goes, like a lot of the character that I have developed now was kind of broken through from Marv from Sin City. And um, it's like the the mask was actually uh, not only made and built specifically for me um but this band called the underline they have this gentleman by the name of hunter bauer 
who makes masks and i saw one that actually triggered me i was like hey man i i, I really want that mask is there any way we can doctor it up to where it's you know fits me and he's like hell yeah let's let's get something to go and so he sent me like the base of it <clears throat> and i did some uh doctoring to it myself adding like the the beads where it's more like it kind of looks like extraterrestrial like um uh, I mean, I just wanted it to be different. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't really have like a game plan behind it. But like, I was like, I wanted these beads on it. Okay, let's add those beads to it. Uh, I really into steampunk now, so I'm gonna add some steampunk bullshit to it. So I did that. Um, there's some masks that I have that have like blood splatter on all over it, and like I felt like that was my character. Like if I'm gonna bite somebody and there's blood on me, makes sense. So <laughs> I put all yeah, that stuff right. together. Like, I, I kind of just get bored and just do stuff. Uh, I think that's how most wrestlers kind of get their shit together anyway. Yeah. No, see, like, we're, well, at least for myself, um, I'm a big wrestling fan. And, yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, all right, so this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to ECW first, build my way up, then I'll go to WCW, then, you know, so. But eventually, like you say, when you were going through high school, you kind of, you gave up on that or, or you put it on the back burner and then you came back to it. So, it it must take a lot, right, to 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 say I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna be good at it and I'm gonna put all into it. I think a lot of it has to do with the way society is built up. Um, you have to be responsible. You have to do this. You have to do that. There's always those those trickle of people that's like you can be whatever you want. It just as long as you put your mind to it. Okay, cool. I need a certain amount of money to do this. I don't have that. So the first thing that I did when I was in high school was I found a job when I was like 17 years old. And then right after high school, I wasn't making enough money to make things come together. So I got another job. So I had two jobs out of high school for the better part of five years before any of this actually came to fruition. So when I finally found a school that was local um, and that I felt like I could learn from, I jumped on it. So, yeah, um, I was a little hesitant because I didn't think it was a little responsible thing to do. But sometimes you don't do the responsible thing. You do what your heart tells you. And in this case, I wanted to be a wrestler. So I did the things that I needed to do to become a wrestler. So is it is it like a big juggling act because you have this band that, that obviously you've had success with, um, that you have very good songs with, and, that, and now you have uh, this this wrestler, this persona – this wrestling company like how do you manage both of those and still you know have a family life and and stuff like that uh with a hundred percent honesty behind it i was doing good for a good amount of years juggling and trying to make things meet um there are going to be some casualties in the in the long run um i've had some some sacrifice that are made um i've had some situations that didn't come to fruition um, I've had a rocky wrestling career. I've had a rocky band career, but I've done some pretty cool shit in the meantime. So if it's something that you want to do, if it's something that you're passionate about, if it's something that you feel that you're good at, um, keep doing it and things will fall into place, but you can't sit there and say that everything's going to be, you know, sunshine and roses. You're going to take your, your hits. You're going to take your bumps. And when you do, it's up to you to maintain and keep going or just lay down and take it. I, I don't, believe i've ever been the one to just lay down and take it if i don't like something i make it to where i do like it or i find a way to manage um other than that 
Um, my life is pretty fulfilling. I uh, put myself in really good positions financially. Uh, got a good side job. Got a good, you know, career when it comes to wrestling. Done some really cool shit with the band and wrestling. I can't make too much complaints. I've had some bad things happen to me, but on the other, I can either dwell on those bad things or kind of look at those good things like, oh, it was fucking worth it. <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're you're doing good uh, on, as, I mean, as far as we can tell, right? Like, we, we look at your stuff, like uh, the verses that you um, founded um, and then the, what it did with, with Level Up and, you know, looking at your site, that's the last booking that's on there. Can you tell us um, what's next for Versus or any upcoming dates or anything special you guys got going on? Um, I can kind of hint towards some things. I can't give everything. Um, a lot of that does have to do with the combination of Vampiro's um, involvement with Lucha Fight Club. Um, the last date that we had with Level uh, with Level Up, um, we weren't planning it for, for it to be our last date. We actually had one posted. Um, and full disclosure, me and Joe DeFalco from FSW didn't come to an agreement, and we decided to part ways with FSW. Yeah, you hinted at that on the, on the Brendan Kevin's last podcast that you guys were, were kind of doing stuff on your own now. So what does that mean for your company? What does that mean for you? Um, the bad parts. Uh, financially, we've had to rebuild and make sure that we have all the things that are taken care of. We're getting to that point to where we're about to cross that bridge and start running because of the help that we've been given. Um, the good parts about it is that it's given us the opportunity to make some friends that are in pretty cool places. Um, not just with Vampiro and Matt Stryker, uh, but outside of that with Reboot Entertainment um, and some other very, very cool people that we've just kind of stumbled across. Is like, hey, you're cool. We're cool. Let's be cool together. I was like, all right, solid. Let's do it. Um, so, yes, we don't have a versus date that's solidified. Um, but that's with good reason. We're we're trying to dial back and make sure all of our uh, T's are dotted and I's are crossed to make sure that this is squared away properly. Um, that we're right on the on the good track to kind of get things going by, if not late August and early September. Um, if not, it's still cool. We've got some plans going. We just got to make sure that the ring is all good. Um, the finances are all straight. The the legal part is taken care of so nobody can sit there and be like oh well they're not doing this the right way we need to call the, the board on them uh which has been a a continuous situation in vegas for certain people and i just want to avoid all that bullshit altogether so we're just making sure our things are taken care of before we start jumping too fast so i guess this this leads into we've been kind of talking um behind you know texting back and forth and and we all heard um, earlier in the week on Conan's podcast about Sin Bodhi and kind of the, the Vegas scene that's going on. Um, do you want to comment on that, where you are working with Vampiro and, and maybe some of the comments he said or, or what's going on there? Um, considering I was given the blessing to do so, I, I'm going to do some disclaimer work first with you guys before I start uh as the as the boys in the back call shoot, don't want to shoot without putting my pistol over it. You know how I'm doing. Uh, but um, before I start getting into the 
the not so great parts. I want to make things very, very clear. Um, Conan is a very good dude. For one, um, I love his podcast. I've had very, very few interactions with him, but the few interactions that I have have been positive, and I cannot say any anything better than what you know. I I, I have a very high admiration for Conan. I've been watching them for years, and uh, I love him to death. Um, as far as disco. Disco is a big implement into my wrestling career. Um, he saw some things that I was doing in the ring that he didn't like. And he said straight up to me, what the fuck are you doing those things for? You have no reason doing them. And he gave me this outlook that has changed my wrestling career from then on out. Um, and I have a lot of love for Disco. He's a great person. He's a great trainer. I know a lot of people give him a lot of fucking bullshit flack and I get it. Um, I just don't think it's a hundred percent deserved. He's a great guy. Um, you just have to kind of break those barriers with him, and he's done well by me. Another person that's done well by me for the most part <clears throat> is Sin Bodhi. Uh, Sin's a great guy more personally. Um, I, I love him to death. Um, my kid still calls him uncle Sin. So, uh, it's, it's not about the bad people. These people are not bad people by any means. Even with Joe DeFalco, me and Joe DeFalco butt heads. We've had some bad situations happen between us. But he's the one that let me cut my teeth in wrestling. And I love him for that. And I love FSW no matter what happens with Vamp School, Vamp Show, or Versus. That's my home still. There's just some times where you only want to go home to visit for Thanksgiving instead of going home every day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to get into a lot of personal situations that have happened, a lot of bullshit business stuff that's happened, and it's going to take a while, so I apologize for the vent, but there were some things that were said on Conan's podcast that were only 90% true. This is where that 10% comes into play. Um, dialing back a significant amount of time, uh, for those that don't know, I was actually a uh, a performer and booker for a company in Vegas called Big Valley Wrestling. Um, me and the owner had a falling out because he had some things to say about the talent that wasn't kosher. I didn't take kindly to that, so I told him I never, I didn't want to work with him anymore. I left. Um, with that falling out, there was level up now we had worked with level up previously with big valley wrestling i've gotten to know the the coordinators very well they were good people uh one of the coordinators reached out he's like hey um for for those that don't know the coordinators one specifically mike Steele is the most elaborate character you'll ever run into he's fucking amazing and i love that dude to death um mike still reached out to me and he's like hey man we're seeing all this stuff happen with with big valley wrestling like what's going on I was like, I don't really want to get into that fully. Um, that's that's kind of a business situation. I don't want to like bury them by any means because there were still a lot of good people working for them. I was getting messages from talent saying, "Hey, man, if you're leaving, dude, I'm I'm not gonna stay." I was like, "No, man, keep making your money, do what you got to do, and you know, if things don't work out, things don't work out, but don't leave because of me." They're like, "All right, we'll see what's going on after this next show." I was like, "All right, cool." And then the owner had a lot of negative things to say about me on the talent page that he didn't know I was still on. So I took the screenshots and I put them in the talent page. And 
that didn't go too well with the talent, so everybody left. And there were some people that went back. There's still there were some people that stayed. So like there was no hard feelings with anybody that was on the roster, other than the owner of the company. That's where I had that drawn line. Um, Level Up reached out to me, and they're like, "If you guys aren't doing wrestling, the the the, the roster's gone. We're probably going to pull wrestling from the expo." I was like, "Well." They might still have something going on, so just keep up with him. He's like, well, let's do this. Um, if you're able to get me a wrestling show, you personally, I'll put it on. And I was like, well, that's three months away. I don't think I can build a whole company in three months. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, that's where my conversation with Joe Falco comes into play. Um, me and Joe have always had a good rapport, even though I was still, like, head trainer and booker and promoter over at um, Big Valley Wrestling, um, Joe and I still worked together. He put me on his shows. He had me teach his kids class. It was still like a love of late relationship. Um, so he reached out to me about everything that was happening in Big Valley. And he's like, hey, man, like you got a pretty good team behind you. So I would, you know, wish I had a lot of that crew involved with, you know, FSW. I was like, well, if you give me a few months, and you help me out with this situation, maybe we can work something out to where I, like, take care of the showcases for you. And he's like, all right, well, let's see how it goes. So he actually let me rent the FSW ring for um, for Level Up. And then the other owner of uh, FSW, Rocky T, let me use, uh, let me uh, rent out their uh, insurance for that day, for those three days. So it was a pretty cool developing relationship with not only Level Up, but with FSW. So that's how we built up Versus. Me and my partner kind of made a game plan. This is what we're going to do. We'll do it for a certain amount of time. We'll see how it goes. All right, cool. Um, this gets back to Sin. So I reach out to Sin, and I was like, well, yeah, I think you heard what's going on with Big Valley. He's like, yeah, man, I heard what's going on. Uh, what's going on? Just tell me your side. I get like four words in, and he's like, you know what? Fuck all that. What I want to know is that you're doing what's right for you. You're doing the right what's business proper i don't want any bullshit i don't care about the the bullshit story behind it just as long as everything's kosher i was like all right cool if that's all you care about that's all you care about cool he brought me into training one one day and um we had another conversation where he kind of like was kind of i don't want an anakin skywalker thing and i didn't really get what he was saying at first but he kept mentioning the Anakin Skywalker thing. I was like, okay. He's like, I just don't want you to like turn full blown heel on this thing. Like, if that's what the what the deal is, if all these deals are kosher, what's up with the level up thing? I was like, level up reached out to me to get this squared away, and looks like everything's falling into place. So he's like, am I booked on it? I was like, well, yeah. If you're wanting to be a part of it, give me your rate. We'll work it out. He gave me his rate, and we worked it out. And then I think it was like two weeks later. Uh, there was a big blowout on Facebook, and then me and Sin had some words. And he said that I had this attitude since starting Versus, and we haven't even had a show yet at that point. Like, Level Up was coming up, but apparently I had this big-ass attitude, and I was bowing up to him, and uh, me and him had problems. I was like, well, I, I really want to squash this. If there's anything that I've done, please let me know. And he straight up told me, I don't keep a book of things that Beast has done, I just think that how you're acting is a little erratic. And I was like, okay, well then let me know what's going on so I can fix it. And he couldn't give me anything. He was just mad be to be mad. And from, this is from a third party. He had been talking to the owner from Big Valley Wrestling. 
and got his side of the story, but he didn't get mine. So we had a little falling out with that. It seemed like we had squared away by level up. He was a little weird about it at level up, but he was cool. Did his did what he was supposed to do, and then you know we kind of ran into each other in Portland and did some stuff at FSW. I was still going to training with him. He was really cool. So I thought everything was squashed. <sighs> Fast forward a little bit to um, right after this level up, Matt Stryker reaches out to me and he says, Vampiro needs to get a hold of you. I was like, all right, what's going on? He's like, he's starting a show in Vegas. I told him you were the point man for the situation. He does not want to work with Joe DeFalco. I was like, all right, I can help him as much as I can, but like, he know me and Joe still have this relationship. He's like, I understand, but he wants to work with you. All right, cool, whatever. Now, um, things are starting to get a little weird to where me and Joe have this falling out after level up. He says that I owed him more money than I did. So now Versus has a problem with FSW being run there. We were running out of their school for a while. Everything was cool. And then all of a sudden it wasn't with Joe to the point to where during level up, he pulled me off the talent page because they were throwing a show the same day. Some of the talent that he expected to be there wasn't going to be there because they were working our show. Notably, he knew about this and he was sour about it. So he didn't want that relationship to go on either way. That's fine. Whatever. The thing starts building up with Vamp. Um, me and him chat, chat. He's like, all right, man, I want to start throwing a, a television show for um, in Las Vegas. And I was told that you were the guy to go to when it comes to talent. I was like, all right, what do you need me to do? He's like, I need 10 guys. All right, cool. I need some refs. Okay, cool. So I need some managers. I got you, Vamp. Cool, I got you. No problem. So I built these guys up that were part of the versus roster. And I was like, hey, Vamp wants you guys here for this, this tryout. Um, from what I understand, it's for a television show if you guys are down. Everybody that was involved jumped in to the opportunity. And initially, when I gave them this information, I didn't even drop Vamp's name. I just said it was for a t television show. And then this was going to be pretty cool for us all to get some money. That was my long and short end. And then that Friday... Vamp told me to let him let everybody know that his name was a part of it and that he wanted everybody to be ready to go. That's what his main words were, to be ready to fucking go. So I reached out to the boys, let them know what's going on. I was like, keep it as close to the heart as possible, but this is what he wants, and we're about to get this going. They're like, all right, cool. Everybody showed up. Everybody was cool. Um, had another meeting with Vamp. He's like, I want to start a school. I was like, cool. What do you want to do? He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run it at Fight, Fight Dome. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, what do you need from me? He's like, well, you already did what you had to do. Okay, cool. He's like, well, in this situation, all I need is the television show to get through. If that works, then the school will work. I was like, cool, let's do this. Got everybody down there Sunday. Things were kind of said earlier in the week about the Lucha Las Vegas, Lucha Libre Las Vegas name. Now, I was told that Vamp had already reached out to Sin. So that 10% that I was talking about is where this falls into play. Hmm. Yes, Vampiro reached out to Sin Bodhi and let them know that the guys that were running Fight Dome wanted to purchase 
the Lucha, Las, Lucha Libre Las Vegas name. And they wanted Vampiro to run the show. And he's like, I'm not comfortable with that. Sends a buddy of mine. He's like, well, then you talk to him and let them know. He's like, well, why don't you sit there and talk to him? He's, if you guys are willing to purchase that from him, just purchase from him. He's like, no, we're not going to purchase it from him. We're going to buy the name. You talk to Sin. So he reached out. He told him what the situation was. He literally said that same thing that Sin said. They talked for an hour. Sin got a little bit heated because of the situation, which is notably. Like, wouldn't you guys be pissed off if somebody was going to take the name that you guys came up with? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But no way performed did Vampiro try to Robin Hood his way into the situation at all. He told him what was going on. He said that they didn't want to talk to him. He wanted to reach out to him specifically and put him on the show so he didn't get fully fucking left out. Sin even told me that when we had a sit down, which is another thing I'll, I'll jump on to as well. When Vamp visited FSW the first time, that was when me and him had the first interaction. I didn't think that he was ever going to remember me at all. The second time that we talked to, uh, second like seminar that I went to of Vamps, he actually not only remembered me, but he remembered my band, which was really fucking cool. But the whole time that he was there, Sin's boasting on about him. He's like, this is my, my mentor. I learned a lot from him on the road. See, he's always helped me out. He's always been that guy. I was like, cool. So I, I trusted him just like Sin trusted him. And when Vamp was there the last time, this is before, this is actually after all, like, the two meetings that I had with Vamp. One of the trainers that was there wasn't really uh, as inviting for Vampiro as normal. And he didn't take that kindly. So when he had that sit down with Joe afterwards, he told him, that he didn't want any of the other trainers involved. That's exactly what was said to Joe. And he's like, well, I'm not getting rid of my, my trainers. That's the long and short of it. He's like, all right, cool. But you have to understand, if you want me to work here, they have to go. But if not, I have to do my own thing. I have to do my own school. I have to do things my way. And I, didn't, I guess that didn't sit well with Joe. Because Joe doesn't really like the competition aspect of everything which is understandable, but if you're not trying to hurt anybody, if you're not trying to undercut them, obviously there was no heat that was needed, but Joe didn't take that well. He knew Vamp was going to be starting a school. So going off of that information, I'm going to read you off a post that was happened, that happened right after the tryout. And going back to what I told you guys previously, um, all I was asked to do was to bring people in for the tryout, correct? Yeah. So this is Joe Fab. Sorry, I got so many fucking bullshit screenshots when it comes to this bullshit situation. I want to make <laughs> got the the right information here. Yeah. Well, we're just glad that you can tell a little more of your side. Get to I am your... too, and I think that Overall, um, what was said was 100% true. Yeah, the guys that that own of that own Fight Dome wanted to purchase that, wanted to take that name away from Sin. I think that that was kind of garbage, and I understand that. However, on the same end, they painted Vampiro into this picture that it was 100% untrue, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he is building a school, and they were a little concerned about the competition aspect. So they didn't have a face for the name of who to kind of shoot at, so they yeah. shot at him. 
and that's that's inappropriate. That's 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 a smear campaign over some bullshit that literally, literally was not fucking true. That's not true at all. Yeah, I think Vampiro's dealt with that a, quite a few times in his career. Kind of seems like he always gets shit on. Yeah, and I mean wrestling's weird. Wrestling's gonna have situations like that, and you can't really be mad at it. But on the other hand, when it gets to the point to where you notably said every part of that situation, other than the fact that he tried to fucking warn you of what's going on, that's a little fucking shitty. That's super shitty. Yeah, so just from from what you've said and what kind of was said on, on Conan's podcast uh, by Sin Bodhi, like everything's pretty much, it's just the way he said it, kind of like you said, you know, like he tried right. to come in here and. And because he's Vampiro, he tried to take this and, 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 you know, that's, that's what was said. That's what came across to me, the listener. Exactly. And, and again, it's not what was said, it's how it was said. It was done in a very fucking shitty way. And I give no blame to anybody, not even sin when it comes to that situation, as far as what happened and what his reaction to that situation was. But in all fairness, Amp wasn't the one that's that tried to snake that fucking name. That's that's just garbage. That's bullshit. Um, well, I mean, you have that as well, and then you have Disco Inferno, the the personality. He's at least on there. He plays a really good instigator, and so he might not know the full story too, or you know, he might, but he jumps on it and he sells it a certain way, and that's how yeah, I mean, it's, that's it's how super he does it on and it's 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 expected. But going back to what Joe had to say, he's like, I uh, have just gotten word that Wes and Vampiro are contacting people associated with FSW about joining their school. It is disappointing that they cannot stop their own school and not try and poach people. Now, the, the, the phrase poaching talent is a garbage fucking word in to begin with, because 100%, we never tried to poach any talent. We never tried to poach people from their school. That's fucking garbage. I was giving the objective to bring people in for a television show that he wanted to create long and short of it. Everybody that's got a message from me understands that a hundred fucking percent. So to sit there and put my name in there and say that me and Vampiro were trying to poach talent, that's fucking garbage. And it's fucking untrue. That's bullshit. Not never fucking happened at all. And I understand that he only has one side and I understand that they had their sit downs and it's going to, you know, stir in their head that way. But I'm not about anything that's untrue. And that was fucking 100% untrue. Bullshit. Now, with FSW, I want to sit there and put some things over as well. Now, there are some great fucking trainers at FSW. Great fucking trainers. But a lot of those are the ones that aren't being advertised. I have a lot of love for Kenny King. I have a lot of love for Disco. A lot of love for Sim Bodhi, even though we've had our problems. It is what it is. But there's guys, even though he's not kind of an asshole sometimes, Sway Thompson, he's a fucking amazing trainer. Cody Hancock, Crash Test Cody, fucking amazing. Remy Marcel, great fucking trainer. Damian Drake, great fucking trainer. Those guys are there every day. But as advertised, not all those people are there on a regular basis. That's the that's the 100% true to the point where I've gone into training one day after speaking to Joe and asking who's going to be at training. He's like, wrestler Q is going to be there as advertised. All right, solid. 
I walk into the door, and everybody's like, hey, Beast, what's going on, man? I was like, hey, what's going on, guys? Start putting my boots on, and they're like, all right, what's going on today? I don't know. Where's Wrestle Q? And they fucking laughed at me, bro. They laughed in my fucking face. We haven't seen that dude in three months. Joe just told me he was going to be here. It was like, well, they said that you were running class today. So that's part of the reason why a lot of people are disgruntled as far as students at FSW. And that's been told to Vampiro many of times. Every time that he's been there, there's been one person say, oh, they're not here that often. Oh, they're not here that often. But the ones that I did mention fucking grind on a regular basis. And they help these kids. But you can't sit there and say, I got trained by Beast to WWE. Nobody's going to give a fuck about who who that guy is. Well, you know, and, and and you hear that often about schools. It's like, oh, it's run by so-and-so, and so-and-so might be there, collect the money, you know, uh, throw down a couple bumps or throw you down, uh, do some couple bumps, and then you never see that person again. Or, You know what I mean? Well, I get it. And, like, people have lives, and I understand that. But one thing that I do not agree with, is trying to put a smear campaign to maintain your business and then advertise these people as regulars there. That's not how it is. Wrestler Q didn't show up for three days that I was that I popped in to go wrestle with them. That's not how that happened. And I'm not trying to be an asshole about it. But this, I'm not a, I'm not on the level of a Disco Inferno. I'm not on the level of a Sinbodi. These are the guys that are supposed to be teaching us. And they have been. They've been grinding and they've been making sure these guys are taken care of. But when Wrestler Q is supposed to be there and they're not fucking there, you advertise this person. Yeah. You guys are, are paying money, you know, right? Like, you're, yeah. we're going to be trained by so-and-so. So in that case, why am I teaching class? Why is, why is Suede not getting the love that he's supposed to be given? Why isn't Remy getting the love that he's supposed to be given? Why aren't these people being showcased as, hey, these are our trainers as well? Please give them the love that they're supposed to be getting. They don't even get the respect that, of being put on those fucking flyers of the people that 90% aren't fucking there. So, so with, with your school that you were going to do or are going to do, I, I don't know where we're sitting there with, with Vampiro, who, was, who, who did you have that was going to run it or teach it? Was it going to be you? Was it going to be Vamp? Well, um... Vamp was going to be hands-on on everything, and that's not just wrestling, that's jiu-jitsu and Krav Maga. Um, once he found out that I wanted to be involved with this, he's like, well, yeah, if you want to you want junior train or if you want to um, be kind of our coach, I, I'm okay with that, but I'm not going to sit there and uh, advertise this person, that person, this person, that person when they only come in for seminars. Like, how is that fair? Yeah. Now... Going back to some information, um, knowing that me and Sin kind of had that battle about the Big Valley situation, um, and then this current situation pops up, Sin doesn't actually reach out to me. He reaches out to my partner in Versus. And he goes on this laundry list of things that have been building up between him and I. And then my partner reaches out to me. He's like, this doesn't sound like you at all. Um, He's got a lot of things to say. But none of them seem really 100% accurate. Um, is there a way that we can kind of get a sit down with you guys so we can kind of squash this? Because it seems like you guys are really good friends. But he's got a very big disconnect on who you are. 
I was like, cool, yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to sit down with Sen, even if it's just the bullshit. Like, I, I just like talking to him. Um, but in the proper manner, I definitely want to get there with him. And Sin's a talker. He talks for a pretty decent amount of time. So I let him get his 30 minutes of, you know, introductions out, make sure that he's all squared away. And then I just cut him off. I was like, hey, man, um, you never really heard my side about the Big Valley situation. You kind of just kind of judge me off of that. Can I tell you what happened? Hold on. So me and uh, me and my partner and have this sit down. And I'm explaining exactly what happened with the, the level up and Big Valley situation. Because he assumed that I stole the contract from them. And that wasn't the case. As I told you, they reached out to me. Yeah. So he's like, well, why didn't you just fucking tell me that? I was like, I fucking tried to. I, yeah, I, you said I, I told you and I told just... you that I wanted to talk to you about it. And you cut me off and you started fucking berating me. Like, that's literally what you did. He's like, oh, sometimes you're a little bit too nice, man. You should have just cut me off. I was like, I'm not going to fucking do that, dude. <laughs> that's, not, that's not my place. So we get everything squared away. And it seemed like we were on a good vibe. Knowing that the situation was happening with Vamp, we started to leave. And when I got up, he's like, before we go, I just want to, you know, establish that I understand. I apologize for the situation with Big Valley and, you know, level up. My bad. Misunderstanding. It is what it is. I just want you to be careful who you get in bed with. I was like, okay. He's like, it's just bad business practice to do what he did. I was like, okay. I get it, and I appreciate you for saying that, but on the tail end of that, you literally took somebody else's word on my character, and I've known you for almost 10 fucking years. No offense, but you don't have a right to say that to me. How do you take that? He understood. Um, I think it made a positive conversation a little bit more gray, um, but knowing that I was going to be working with in his per as in his perspective, a competitor. And on top of that, the way that the other person was doing business, I can understand him being sour about it. As far as him making that a arrangement to where, yeah, if you do that, we're probably going to have a little bit of heat. Okay. That's your choice. That's not on me. You make that choice. We can either be cool or we can't. And I love sin. I want him to be Uncle Sin with my kid. That's what I want. And every, like I keep saying, everything on that pod, podcast was that he said was true. He just spun it, and it was garbage. That was wrong, the way that he portrayed Vamp to be this fucking evil person. I mean, what he does on his own time is up to him. In this situation, no, absolutely not. He did that wrong going on in that podcast and painting him the picture because he didn't have a face to the name of the person that was actually fucking him was garbage. Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of it too was um, like where you have, you know, you're going on the show to tell your story and then you have the, the host kind of instigating it, pushing on it and helping or, or you know, portraying that picture, that negative picture. Yeah. yeah. 
technically that's their job. <laughs> like that's what they were supposed to do. And if you're in a work mode when it comes to wrestling, yeah, you're supposed to do that. What he went on that podcast about and what he said were two totally different situations. And that's fucked up that he sit there and buried fucking Vampiro the way that he did. Um, in the conversation that me and my partner had with him, he was very vague on a couple things that he was not as vague on the podcast with. Specifically, he said that he thinks that Vampiro fucked him out of a booking in Puerto Rico. So I'm not 100% sure. Like, he did save me from getting shot one time out there, but I think he had something to do with me getting, getting, getting fired over in Puerto Rico. Mm. Now, would you really go into a seminar that this dude's holding, boast him up to the highest extent, saying that he's your mentor and love him all, all in front of your students, if he's really the reason why somebody fucked you? No. So why do you think he's going to say that shit on a podcast now? Uh, Put himself I mean, over? Yeah. I mean, I don't know this dude, but you, you obviously right. know him better than we do. But Yeah, I mean, we just we know from... Well, I had to be reminded who he was a little bit, but fucking just Cody. from, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it, it sounds, you know, like, like the, the, the Conan podcast, you know, the hundreds, thousands of listeners, I mean, compared to ours. And so, yeah, you go on there, it's like, who is this Simbody? So I had to send that picture over to, uh, to Cody for him to know and now this guy oh we're gonna look you know now we know who this guy is and I don't know if that's how how he is but you don't gain any positives by going on there and pretty much running the smear campaign you know if you had potential people wanting to work with vamp in Vegas now they listen to this and they're like well this is some shady shit yeah exactly and with all veils pulled off as many times as Joe and Joe DeFalco and somebody have motherfucked each other in, in their, in not only each other's presence, but other presence of everybody else. It's kind of funny how they're joining up forces to try to knock this dude down. Now vamp might be just like them. And that's what's, that's something that I have to figure out. That's something that I have to develop because as I mentioned before, I have a lot of love for sin. I have a lot of love for Joe and I have a lot of love for vamp. So on all sides, I think that there's situations that were really shady on both. Vamp was the one that reached out to Sin and told him what the situation was. He was still going to work with these people. So that kind of looks a little shady on that end. I understand that. But don't sit there and try to make him the fucking super badass, big boss, fucking evil villain on this situation. That's not the case. You're doing the exact same thing. You did the exact same thing when you opened up Snake Pit right across the street from fucking FSW, and you try to poach their talent in that fucking bullshit fucking verbiage, try to poach talent from them and vice versa, like, that's not okay. But yet you guys did the exact same fucking thing. Yeah, so it's it's almost like, uh, you know, they want to cut the legs off before it gets started. I have a feeling because yeah. I've seen a lot of it um, before we, we'd even gotten in touch of, the stuff that kind of gotten behind it. Like I seen it on different uh, wrestling sheets and stuff about vamp school and up in Vegas. Like it, it seemed like a big deal. And now with this stuff, it seems like, no, we want to cut the legs off. We see it as a threat. Um, it's still, it feels like very old school territorial. 
And it's odd that it is so territorial with such a big boom in wrestling right now. There should be no reason why everybody can't work together and get this shit fucking squared away the same way. Like, I, I, this sounds like some weird the world bullshit, and I get it. I understand. However, I'm a big component of working with people instead of trying to fight with them. I think that if you have something that I don't, we can put that situation connected and you can get the things that you don't through me. It's easy. Um, I've always been a, an advocate when it comes to making things work with people that you obviously had some problems with in the past. I always want to mend those fences. And I hope in some case that people don't take what I'm saying today as offensively. But if they do, it is what it is. And you know how to find me. But I'm not somebody that's going to go on the internet and try to bash people. That's fucking garbage. I'm not going to go on some podcast and try to bury anybody. Absolutely not. But I am going to tell the fucking truth. And a lot of the truth that was said is, yes, it's one-sided, and I get it. But on the other hand, I did make the understanding that everybody was at fault in this situation, not just one side. Yeah, you know, and it's easy for for him to go on that podcast, you be over here. But maybe the solution to everything is just everybody just getting together, kind of like you did with him before, and just hashing shit out. And, hey, this is how we're going to do it. No, we don't need to see eye to eye. But we're going to do it this way. You do it your way. My name out your mouth. You know, your name out mine. Handle business. I agree. And I wasn't going to, like, when you guys hit me up about the podcast, like, this was really just something I want to sit down and just chat with you guys at first. And then this was brought up. And I was like, man, like, I'm very diplomatic. I don't like fucking conflict. But if there's a conflict that started by somebody else and it's in reference to anything that I'm involved with, I'm sorry, I got I to gotta shoot you down and I got to tell the truth. Like, I'm not trying to be an asshole to anybody. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's business. I really don't want anything to happen at FSW. That's still my fucking home. But on the other hand, it's still a home that I only want to visit when fucking Drunkle isn't there. And I can't fucking deal with it on a regular basis because of the negativity that's brought in. And it's a perpetuated negative, negative environment over there. And until certain people are checked, and until people understand that this is just fucking wrestling and you're not the fucking King Dick in fucking Vegas, that's when things are going to get better. But until that happens, you're still stuck with this bullshit fucking he said, she said bullshit. I'm not with that. I don't do it. Well, it kind of goes hand in hand with wrestling, right? And there's always ego. There's always, you know, it's like us, like at, at least us as fans, we're always on the internet, oh, this person's got real beef with this person, or this is what's going on, or how are they going to handle it? And wrestling is very negative sometimes. It's we're, it, we're, we're very negative people. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be that way. It's people that just want to start fires, and I'm not a, I'm not a fire starter <laughs> by any means, but I'm definitely going to do what I can to fight that fire. And honestly... This situation was blown way out of fucking proportion. I get the, the the severity of the situation. I understand that part. But don't spin it to try to hurt somebody else that was supposed to be your boy. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, I agree. So I'm glad you were able to vent and get all this out there. I just want to say thank you for picking us, for for doing that, for putting your shit out there, putting things i guess more into perspective like you said 
this wasn't even something we were going to talk about until you texted us yesterday and you're like, hey, listen to this. And we're like, oh, shit, we got to cover that. We really just wanted to get to know you. Like we were intrigued by the last podcast you did. We wanted to be part of it. We like to be part of the beginnings, even though you've been out there for a while. You're not really out there. You know what I mean? But what you're doing with Versus, with your band, uh, you're, you're on the brink of it. And you might not see it, but outside looking in, you're going to be a big fucking deal. And that's why we want to have you on, get to know you, be a part of the beginning. So when you're big time, you're like, hey, we were fucking there. We were in the first podcast he did. That's fucking awesome. I love you for that. That's cool. (laughs) But yeah, we went into a lot of serious stuff, a lot of stuff that's going on in the Vegas scene, um, which seems like it's been booming here in the last year or so. Yeah, I agree. Fucking Vegas is beyond amazing. Like the talent that's coming out of here is ridiculous. I love watching the people that some of these kids started off a kids class with me where I like was teaching them as they were baby babies and now they're fucking touring in China and doing flippy floppies in fucking Mexico and all this cool shit. Like these are people that I watched grow up and like I'm not gonna sit there and take credit for any of these people because they're they're their own people. <laughs> they they did that work. They're the ones that grinded. But to be any some sort of little piece of their life is amazing to me. And I hope that that continues no matter if it's coming out of vamp school or FSW. Um, I love the fact that AEW used a lot of our friends to get a part of that show. Um, like this, this is a, uh, this is something that I didn't have when I was growing up and I love it so much. Like I, I was a Monday night wars kid. I watched that every, every Monday, um, but nothing directly that hit home. And this is like in my backyard and I love it so much. It's amazing. No, yeah, no, yeah it's, 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 it's it's crazy. When we were so we actually went down for uh, for double or nothing. We were there for Starcast and all that. We went to this indie show the night before, and it was put on by Fight Capital right there in front yeah. of the Nerd Bar. I was there. You were there. Yeah, yeah. But, um, there. I, I had a lot of friends that were like involved with it, but I was actually uh, bringing in a photographer for that show, uh, Chris Mounts, who's a fucking amazing. He's the one that does all the pictures for verses. Um, and then I stuck around for a little bit. I didn't stick around past like, you know, 1am, but cause that's because I'm lame and try to go to bed by 10 most days. But, uh, <laughs> um, I, the people that run fight capital pro again, like Johnny at the nerd, uh, Ben, uh, they call him pizza tie. Now, um, that's another dude. Yeah. That, the like, pizza tie man. And, uh, Ben's Ben's a great kid. Like he's a great ref. And that's another dude that kind of like was like, well, how do I do to get in here? And he was reffing my Big Valley shows at the time. Um, and then Teddy Hart's a fucking amazing mind. I love fucking sitting, like even just chatting with Teddy. But if you ever get an opportunity to do a Teddy Hart seminar, fuck, dude, like you'll you'll grow leaps and bounds in one fucking day. It's amazing. Yeah, that dude was cool as shit. Like, we were just standing there like fucking marks, right? We're standing there by the nerd, just just sitting there, and we see him. We're like, dude, that's Teddy fucking Hart. And we're like, I, I think he's seen us looking at him, and he's like, hey, man, you, you guys want a picture? Like, he approached us. That's and, fucking cool. And that was, like, the coolest shit, because, like, there's wrestlers everywhere that weekend, right? 
And we, so, so as wrestling fans, me personally, I like to respect the performer. Right. Um, I think it's fucking cool. I'm like, oh man, that's so and so, you know. But at the same time, like if they're enjoying the drink or they're doing something or they're having a conversation with someone else, I don't want to go in there and and butt in there and be like, hey, give me an autograph or hey, give me a picture. You know, I feel like that's disrespectful. So uh, I, I I feel the same way even being in my position. Um, there was a a situation where me and my family went to PF Chang's one day and. Fucking Kaz and Daniels were just sitting right at the door eating. Um, I waved at them, they waved back, and I just went about my day. Um, I went back to training the next day. I was like, hey, Modest, man, uh, your boys are in town. He's like, who? I was like, Daniels and Kazarian. I saw them at PF Change yesterday. I was like, oh, cool. What'd they say? I didn't go talk to them. They're eating. Like, the fuck? I was like, well, yeah, they're were, they were, they were eating. I'm not going to sit there and interrupt their meal and try to right. like shake hands. It's fucking rude. He's like, just tell him Mata said hi next time. I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll do that. And then sure enough, I see him at CAC. I was like, hey, Kaz, man, uh, Mata's told me to say what's up to you. He's like, oh, that's fucking awesome. How are you trained by Mata? And then we had like a pretty cool conversation after that. Um, so it's, it's, it's good to be respectful, but sometimes if you're too meek and mild, sometimes you're just regular people and you just want to go chat with them. Just fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. So so earlier that, then that was early in the night, so that was before I got blasted because I got pretty blasted. <laughs> um, so later in the night, RVD was at the nerd bar just chilling, right? And that I went and asked him for a picture, but we'd seen him there earlier, and he was just chilling at the bar. And we're like, "Oh, that's RVD. We're trying to get pictures from far away." But again, didn't want to go fucking bug him. But after I had a couple of drinks, and I was like, "That's fucking RVD. I gotta go get a picture with him." <laughs> I've got a pretty cool story about him. Um, so as I told you guys in February, um, I had knee surgery. I uh, had my, uh, a full tear of my ACL and a partial tear of my MCL. And then I had some floaters that were in there that they took care of. And then I had a fractured tibia on top of everything. Um, so um, I was like two days going into surgery. And my girlfriend is... Uh, part of marketing at, at this dispensary in Las Vegas. So we went to an event there and Rob comes and he like looks at me and gives me a nod and say, what's up? And she's like, didn't he have the same surgery that you had? I was like, I think his was a little worse. He's like, you should probably talk to him and see if this is something that you're going to have to worry about. I was like, all right, guess I'm fucking doing this. So <laughs> I walked up to him. I was like, hey man, um, I know that you had a knee surgery some time ago. Um, is there anything that I can do that is going to get me back in the ring a little bit faster? And he gave me some tips. Um, and he's like, so you train over at Joe's? I was like, uh, yeah, I was uh, not, not really doing that too much anymore, but like, I've got some things going on. I got my own company versus like, oh, that's fucking cool. I was like, and then, um, my girlfriend is the, one of the marketing organizers for the, for the, the source dispensary in Las Vegas. He's like, no shit. So I'd really like to work with them. And then I gave his email over to her. And then he showed him and uh, Katie Forbes actually showed up to the 420 event that they were showing out here. So that's another dude that, like, yeah, it's just shake his hand, say hi. If you have anything that's, you know, worth talking about, talk to him about it. Like, it's, he's a cool guy. He's always going to be cool with people. Yeah. You know, it was so. so 
we get there Thursday. You know, the, the double or nothing was Saturday night, but we went for StarCast. And Thursday, they had this free jam session at Tuscany Suites. And it was like Kazarian and his band, Gutter Candy. And then the Young Butts showed up. And Joey Ryan was there. And uh, Scorpio Sky. Christopher Daniels, the Godfather. And we're like, at, at least myself, like like kids in the candy store. Like, oh, shit, that's so-and-so. And that's so-and-so. And then by Saturday night, after double or nothing, you get maybe a combined 10 to 12 hours of sleep over the last three days. We're at this after party, and we're just fucking done. I'm fucking done. Like, there's wrestlers coming by left and right, telling me, excuse me, so they can get by me. And I'm just, like, all wrestled out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the the band that uh, that um, was playing with uh, Kazarian, yeah, the the dude that was singing with them, mm-hmm. that's actually my partner in verses. That's Kane Sherko. Oh really? Oh, nice. So were you there for that? Uh, no, I was actually still uh, I was still in California at the time uh, that Thursday. And then when I came into town for double or nothing, I had a couple people that reached out to me that want me to roll through. Um, I just wasn't feeling. I was all broken. My knee was still fucked up, and uh, I was like, ah, I, like I want to kind of show face and say say hi to people. I had a buddy that um, that actually trains over at FSW. He's like, hey man, I got an extra ticket. You want to go? I was like. I really love you for that. I really just want to rest. <laughs> I'm so dying right now. I appreciate it, though. I love you for that, but no, I'm I'm good. <laughs> so when can we expect to see you back in the ring? Vamp uh, is actually helping with helping me with that now. Um, I think next week is going to be my first time in a wrestling ring since February. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll around and see how I feel. If things are good, then I'm projecting September October. Um, but I don't want to overshoot it. Don't want to hurt myself anymore. Um, but I, I'm looking pretty good for September. So how'd you, how'd you bum your knee out? Was it just continuous work on it or was it something that you just needed to address then? Or was it like one sudden thing that did it? Um, I've heard it in the past, so it was kind of continuous. However, this one situation I, uh, was doing a, uh, the Tucson Comic-Con and I jumped off the middle rope. And there was no mat under me. It was just board, and it popped my foot back into my knee. Um, and I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know it was, it was that bad until like I got out of the car out of the after the six hour drive back home, um, and I couldn't put any weight on. I was like, "Yeah, this is probably done. <laughs> I probably should get this looked at." Jeez, ouch. So, Cody, you got anything? I know you've been kind of quiet over there. Yeah. Been that alpha in the room over here, but... Yeah. All right, guys. I love you for that. You do a good job at this. So, I I guess my biggest... So, we'll kind of go back to, like, inspiration and stuff. But, like, so what was... What was your biggest memory of wrestling growing up? Like, what was that moment that made you go, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, you took a little pause, but, you know, who was, I guess, like, who's your guy? Like, what made uh, you? I've got a few uh, guys that I, I kind of look up to when it comes to wrestling. Um, however, uh, first notable um, 
the first memory that I had of wrestling was Survivor Series. I think it was like 88, maybe 87, um, where the Powers of Pain teamed up with Demolition against, I think it was like the Killer Bees and somebody else. And it was when the turn for Fuji happened. Uh, and then it was like, those guys, I want to be those guys. And then like my, my mom and dad would take me to wrestling events and paint me up like Ultimate Warrior and like Demolition every once in a while. It was, it, it was like I saw that one clip and I was stuck and I never really broke from that. Like it's a habit to me now to where I love wrestling so much that I have to fucking watch it. Um, even being in the business, um, I still try to watch as much wrestling as possible. Um, and I don't get jaded off of it. I don't look at it different. I don't like, I'm still a fucking fan. But first and foremost, um, people try to like knock people for saying that, but no man like I'm, I'm a fucking wrestling fan just because i'm a wrestler doesn't make me any less of a fan i'm always going to be a fucking fan right that was going to be my next question is like when you watch like how are you watching are you watching like every intricacy of every move like the inner workings of match calling or are you just like do you like are you that eight-year-old kid again that's like oh that's you know ultimate warrior like nobody can beat him all he does is hold up and <laughs> Um, I, I do have those those moments of wonderment. Um, I think the business has given me a more of a perspective where I'm a little judgy, and I, I feel bad for saying that, but it's legit that I think everybody starts being judgy when it comes to something that they love. Uh, but, yeah, there's still some, some matches where it's like you get caught up, and it's like, oh, fuck, this is why I love this shit. And it's us few and far between things. I'm, I'm starting to feel a lot of that in the NXT takeover matches. Like, I think that's where I get that. Oh man, that was fucking awesome. Oh man. I, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. I want to look like that guy. I want to, it's like, okay, well you kind of do this stuff already. You don't really need to mark out like you are, but <laughs> um, yeah. 100% like, yeah, there's, there's times where I just, I just love it just to love it. It's not because I'm in it. Uh, but there are all those times where I was like, ah, you probably could have done that a little bit better. Yeah, but, yeah. you you know, it's stupid. Sorry. All right. Well, you know, we've taken up a lot of your time. I definitely hope we can do this again. I had a good time um, speaking with you, getting to know you a little bit better. Is there anything you want to plug, anything we can we can look forward to you or to, to hearing from you or seeing from you? Yeah, uh, just check out Versus Pro Wrestling on Facebook. We'll have some cool stuff popping up here soon. Um, check out Death in Motion on Facebook as well. Uh, we have a, our single grip that's out right now. We'll have a few more singles kicking out here in a bit. Um, other than that, man, I appreciate you guys for letting me on the show. Um, I appreciate being able to know you guys a little bit more, and hopefully our text messages don't stop because that was our fun. Uh, other than that, I, I'll, I'll be on whenever you guys want me. Yeah, first to many for sure. Um, so yeah, and next, so we're already planning double or nothing for next year. So you might have to be in that conversation next year. Like I will make sure you go with us. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Nice talking to you. Have a great Sunday. Take care guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us.